You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Hey, everyone. You are listening to another episode of the All Things Private Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Casal, joined today by Dave Frank, um, owner of Turning Point Financial Services, helping therapists kind of with their finances and their money stuff. And we all know how that goes. So Dave, I'm really happy to have you on here and just, you know, I'd love to talk about this topic in general. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I mean, yeah, finance stuff, money stuff, being a small business owner, because that's what your private practice is. It's a small business. Um, yeah. And I just, lo- I love talking about all this stuff because there are so like the intersection of money and emotion is kind of where I like to live. And yeah, there are like so many tools and techniques and tax strategies and investing strategies we can talk about. But at the end of the day, what I really like to talk about is like, how do we help you, you listener, you client, whomever I'm working with, um, really lead a better life. And and part of that is reducing, I want to be careful what I say here, reducing anxiety around money, reducing worry around money. um, And also just like normalizing that money worry and money anxiety is just something we all experience and we can work with those feelings and emotions and not let them shut us down but trying to entirely get rid of them or thinking that other people that are like better business owners or more successful private practitioners or more established therapists like don't have these experiences or didn't have these experiences um and just kind of like dispelling some of those myths so excited to be here Those are all such good points. And, you know, we can always talk about practical stuff, right? And like how to's, but I think this podcast has really evolved into the emotional side of being an entrepreneur and money brings up a lot of shit for people, you know, whether it's in your own money trauma, maybe you lived in some poverty growing up, maybe, you know, culturally, you've always had to work so much harder financially to get by and to survive. And Money anxiety is real. Money trauma is real. And I think the profession of being a helper and mental health therapist, there's a lot of shamefulness around money and charging fees in this business too that comes up when it's like, I shouldn't be charging. I should be basically giving this away for free or for very low costs. Right. God, man. Yeah, there's so much to unpack there. Like I, um, yeah, I mean, money touches basically everything, whether it's, can I, uh, how much do I have to work? How much time can I take off work? Can I spend time with my kids or my significant other, my partner? Can I go on a vacation? Like, how stressed out do I need to be? You know, it, it, like, is it okay? Like, am I allowed to only work, like, see 10 clients a week and still charge enough to get all my financial needs met? Like, is that okay? You know? And, and like, there, um, and I mean, th- I think the answer to that question is yes. Like, and, but like, what, like, so many people I talk to, they just want to know, like, ah, like, is this okay? Like, is what I'm doing okay? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, what is, what does okay mean to you? Like, what does it look like to be okay? And what does it look like to not be okay? And, um, just to get like, cause there's like, there's so much, there's so much, as you said, so there's so much shit here. There's so much 
work that you can do. There's so much depth to all of it. And I think one of the more important things, I won't say most important thing, because I, I don't know what the most important thing is, but one of the more important things is just sort of being willing to sit with your, your money stuff and just kind of feel the feels and experience it. Maybe even notice bodily sensations as you sit with that stuff. So you don't always have to run away from it. Because I think that's when people tend to get themselves a little bit crosswise or in a little bit of trouble when it's so uncomfortable to sit with that we're just, we react. Like just, oh, I'm just going to do this thing and react and get out of this discomfort so quickly. We don't want to react. Of course, we want to sit with it, be like, hmm, okay. And like investigate it, be curious about it and then respond to whatever situation we're in. There's some really good points. And I do think it's very reactionary in a lot of ways. And, you know, you made a good point that I bring up in coaching a lot. There's a lot of different numbers at play here. Like, yeah, we obviously need to know how much money do I need to make to pay the bills, survive, keep the lights right. on, right? That's, that's something we have to know. And then another important piece that a lot of people really struggle with is what do you really want to be making and what do you really want to be working towards financially? And a lot of people, especially in this field, have a very hard time answering that question because it maybe came out of community mental health or the narrative around this profession is you don't get into the field to make money, you get into help. Right. And a lot of shit comes up when I ask that question of like, how many weeks off would you like to have? How much money would you like to make? And you have to know those numbers in order to set your rates in order to right. understand how many hours you need to work a week. And a lot of right. therapists just simply cannot comprehend how to put that into place or into structure. Yeah. I, I, and I mean, it's, it, it is tough and it's, you know, I think it's just, it's like session rate is like a big one. It's like, I don't, I don't know what to charge. And it's so easy to fall into the trap of what other people's opinions are around that. And I think you even, yeah, I forget exactly what you were saying before, but the words I like when you're in conversation with someone else, or even when you're in internal conversation with yourself, I think the two things to like, when you hear like you should, or I should, or you have what you have to do, like, okay, <laughs> I think those are red flags. And they're like, it's sort of like, um, one of my favorite expressions is like, uh, opinions are like assholes. Everyone has one and they all stink, right? Like, and it's just like a fun expression, but like, I think the same like advice, typically when we get advice from other people in Facebook groups or like not every Facebook group, but just like, you know, in community and conferences and whatever. Um, if we're getting advice, I think the same can often be said. So frequently people are giving advice. It's autobiographical, really. That means like they're giving advice that they need to hear themselves or like an earlier version of themselves needed to hear. Um, so I always tell people like, just be very careful of advice. Just be like, oh, great. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. Um, I'm just, I'm curious, could you just tell me a little bit more about your personal experiences that have led you to that conclusion? Because like, that's what's going to be helpful, I think. Like, let, like, we all have personal experiences, professional and, and personal, that have led us to our beliefs, right? And including the beliefs around what therapists should or should not charge. So it's just like, yeah, let's, let's hear that experience. Let's learn from other people's experience and understand whether that experience applies to your situation or not. Because it often doesn't. Those are some really fantastic points because I think so much we get caught up in the comparison trap of, hey, what is everyone doing around me? What do people yeah. tell me I should be doing? And that's not useful when it comes to your unique and individual situation in any sense of the word, not just financially. Right. And 
Yeah, I think that you're absolutely correct. Like we have to know what's coming up for us. What do we need in terms of financial planning and financial goals? Because 99% of therapists don't have a fucking clue when it comes to business ownership. And we're kind of just like scattered doing whatever. Sure. And we don't really have systems and we don't know what we're doing. And we're like, I don't have a retirement. I don't have A, B, and C. And it's like, yeah, we, we can overlook those things. And that can be really troubling too, mm -hmm. because then you can start to think to yourself, I must not be a good business owner because I don't know where my money's going. I don't know what's happening with my money. And I'm just yeah. kind of like flying by the seat of my pants every day. Oh my God. Yeah. So, okay. I love this. Right. Cause like that's, it's okay. Right. Like just totally like all of that is okay. Like flying by the seat of your pants, having no idea what you're doing. Um, I don't know, Pat, do you have any idea what you're doing? Cause like, I, I personally have no idea what I'm doing. 99% of the time, I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. Yeah, and I'm no. building the plane as I fly it and figuring it out by making mistakes. Yeah, exactly. And the same applies to our money life. Like, I'm not implying like you don't have, like you have amazing clinical training. You have like intense skills. Like you can help so many people. You, you know what you're doing, but then you're out there doing all these other things, like building, building businesses, just like figuring stuff out. And, and same for same goes for me. Like, yeah, I have all kinds of training and techniques around financial planning and investing and all these things. And I'm doing the same thing as, as you all, like I'm building my own business and building and, you know, and building the airplane as I'm flying and it's just, okay. So if like, that's how, that's how everyone does it. Like there's, there's two types of people in the world. I think those who admit they have no idea what they're doing and those people who say they have no idea what they're doing, um, even though they don't, they might not realize that, but they, they don't, um, and like, it's just, it's okay. So like, if you set your, if you set your rate when you first start out and you realize, oh, this was not thoughtful or correct. If you've been in private practice for a number of years and you realize, oh, I haven't, I haven't been saving money or I don't have a retirement plan set up or my bookkeeping is a mess or even like, oh, I haven't filed taxes for a couple of years. Like whatever it is, like, it's okay. Like these things happen. Like, is it perfect? Of course, it's not perfect because life isn't perfect. It's really messy and humans aren't perfect. We're really messy. It's just okay. And so that's why it's like, just show up and look at what's going on and look at where you are and just see it with as much clarity as, as you can. And that takes courage, man. Sometimes it really takes courage. Um, and then just figure out like, okay, well, here's where I am and, and where do I go from here? That's, that's all. I mean, easier said than done, but like, it's okay. It's kind of life in a nutshell, right? And yeah, as therapists, we help other people all the time recognize that it's okay to not be okay. And right. then it's really hard to take our own advice. I think we're a profession who often don't practice what we preach in a lot of ways to our clients. And that can come back to bite us. And ultimately, I think that People are embarrassed sometimes to say, I need help with this, or I don't mm -hmm. understand this. And instead of asking for the help, I'm going to try to do it on my own, or this is bringing up too much shame for me, and I'm just going to stuff it down, or I'm not going to deal with it. And in reality, if you could actually just be like, hey, I don't know what I'm doing. I need some help. I mean, most people are going to be like, oh, see so-and-so, or give this really great advice, or like contact this service, and they can help you. And I just think we have to be vulnerable enough to put it out there when we're, when we're struggling. And that doesn't just mean money. That's anything. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. A hundred percent, hundred ten percent, if that's a thing. Like, and the other thing is like asking for help and being vulnerable is, is it's important for us. And I think it's also, it's, it's an act of leadership. Like it's an act of service, like asking for help and being vulnerable 
you're normalizing it and being like, it is okay to ask for help in this area. It is okay to feel like you don't know what the fuck you're doing because most of us don't. It's just like, it's okay. And like, and it's so common, like, um, I, I forget which guest, but one of your earlier guests mentioned just an experience he had had earlier in life where he just felt like that imposter syndrome. And, and I think the narrative in his head was something like, you know, real therapists or real private practice owners don't experience this, you know? And it's like the judgment and that, like that layer, that analytical judgment layer we put on top of our emotional experience that it's wrong or not right, or it means this or that about us and what our future prospects are. And that's where the suffering I think really comes in. So just like, be like, whatever money shit is showing up for you, just be like, oh, this is happening. This doesn't feel totally comfortable. I'm going to, but, or, and like, and I'm going to just sit here and be a little curious about what's going on. And, and maybe I'm going to, you know, maybe bring someone else into that conversation. That's where like courage and bravery come in. Um, and you know, that can be a coach, uh, like what you do that can be like an empathetic financial professional, like I hope I am. And it can also just be a peer or like, or someone, a friend, um, you know, maybe a significant other, they're not always the best, quite frankly, but like bring someone <laughs> into it. Um, just to be like, Hey, um, like, you know, there's like the term accountability partner. I don't like accountability feels so harsh and rigid to me. I don't, but you know, um, you know, there, there's, there's, there can be help there, but bringing someone else in and like bringing in um, partnership and just, yeah, getting, getting stuff, I think out of your head, especially, and that can even just be writing about like your money situation or whatever, just like writing down here are all my fears and worries and anxieties. Here's how, if you feel like everything is messed up and just a disaster, just like write it all down. Cause like in our head, it just like, it repeats, 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 repeats. And it's just like, oh, I'll drive you crazy. But if you write it out on paper or type it, whatever, I think that that can be super, super helpful just to be like, oh, is, is that all it is? It's just these couple bullet points. All right. Maybe that's not quite as bad as I thought it was. Like who, who could help me with this? Yeah. That's a good point. And I think that internal like self-talk can be really uh, shame inducing and really negative and yeah. really painful. And, you know, I think that we overanalyze and catastrophize a lot of this and think worst case scenario, like I, you know, I struggle with money shit. I had a gambling addiction for a long time and money is an interesting subject for me. And, you know, my wife often has to tell me like, we have money. It's okay. We're both doing well right now. Like you don't have to stress this much. And a story that always comes up for me financially as a therapist, because you just mentioned like whoever was on the show, I can't remember, maybe it was TJ or maybe it was someone else, but um, financial stuff and shame comes up as business owners a lot of the time. And I remember starting out my private practice and I was like pretty, I didn't really know what I was doing as most of us just admitted, right? And, and can <laughs> probably resonate with. And I remember having three back-to-back-to-back no-shows and mm -hmm. I didn't have a cancellation policy in place. I didn't have any credit cards on file. And I just sat in my office like so defeated. And I was like, well, I clearly am not going to make it as a business owner. And it was really painful. And I just sat there for about an hour and I just thought, okay, this sucks. You just missed out on however much money for the night. You're just going to revamp your policy. You're going to make sure you have one. You're going to get the credit card on file and, and make sure the client understands the policy. And it was just kind of transformative in that moment because I was just like, I went from shamefulness and imposter syndrome and being defeated to like, okay, it sucks, but it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. And 
I think we need those moments as small business owners and as human beings sometimes to just remind us like we go through really, really shitty things and failures and mistakes. Ultimately, those really feel like learning experiences and ways we can change how we kind of practice moving forward. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, (laughs) you know, you can always re like, I love like reframing stuff. It's just like, what a gift that like early in your experience of being a small business owners, you had three back-to-back no-shows and you just got to get all of that feeling felt. And then you said, you know what? Like what I need to do is have a policy and enforce it. That might've taken you years to develop had that not happened, right? Because it's like, I know for myself personally, and I've seen this in like countless other people, the, the, the quote unquote mistakes or the experiences that we have that lead to like, that are very, you know, painful or just like create discomfort. Man, those lessons are ones we learn. Like that is a learned lesson. Like you don't, oops, that, you, you know, you may. And if you fix that, that's also totally okay. Like it's just part of the, the journey. But man, like the experiences where I've made mistakes, I don't even like to call them mistakes, but yeah, like where there are things have happened where I've been like, ooh, there, there's a consequence here that has a dollar sign attached to it and it does not feel great. Um, yeah, like, boy, I, I, I learned. And like, and I just, you moved on. Cause like, you, it's not gonna kill you. It'll be okay. You have to adapt and grow as an entrepreneur. You have to be able to give yourself permission to fail. And I work with a lot of people who experience tremendous imposter syndrome. And that is a way that we, you know, we experience that and we discuss that, right? Is like, you have to give yourself permission to fail uh, and work through that paralyzing perfectionism because otherwise you're going to pack up shop and you're not going to make it. And I think those lessons are really important. And, you know, they're going to happen throughout the course of your career. You're going to have those moments where you're like, Oh shit, what did I just do? You know, I talked about this publicly a couple of weeks ago. I somehow overpaid my clinicians in my group practice last year, uh, $75,000 extra because I was double paying copays and deductibles. And we were using two different systems because my mm. biller uses one. I use a different one. I was doing both reports, adding them together, doing the percentages. And she was like, you've been doing this for a year. I said, yeah, I, I just assumed that your system was just the money that insurance paid, not the co-pays and the deduct- deductible payments. And she was like, oh boy, you're going to hate when I call you later and run these reports. And she told me that. And I was, there was a lot of shamefulness in that too. And I was just like, yeah. well, clearly I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm helping other people create their businesses. And how can I be reputable if I just made such a colossal mistake And I had to sit with that for days and I just thought about it. I'm going to reframe this and just think about it as like bonuses for my clinicians doing hard work in a hard year Yeah. and I'll never make that mistake again. (laughs) And I'm going to own it. I'm going to let them know, right? Like, hey guys, um, this is the mistake. No, I'm not asking for this money back. It's my fault. And also paychecks are going to look different this year because I'm not double paying you. And the only way I could do that is to just be honest and and just admit the failure or the mistake or the issue that I that I created for myself. I think if I was in my gambling addiction days, that would have destroyed me. But thankfully, I've done a lot of work around that shit. And yeah. it was just a moment for me where I was like, I know that our business is going to make more money this year. It's going to be a full year of all of those clinicians working. And by me not asking for that money back, like a lot of people told me to do, 
they're going to feel more empowered and they're going to feel more appreciated. And I think that's going to lead to more quality work in the long run. Yeah. I mean, wow. What an awesome, what an awesome story. And, and just thanks for having the courage to share, for, to share that. Cause yeah, I mean like imposter syndrome, like comes up and kicks around and is like, what, who am I to tell anyone anything if this happened? But like, you know what? Like things happen. Like things just happen. You're, you're, you're not superhuman. Like perfection is not the standard. And I think, I think what you said is just like super important. I think that's part of the reason we can get paralyzed or when it comes to money stuff is because, you know, like, yeah, when maybe you talk to your clients or your patients, you're encouraging them to be gentle and caring with themselves and self-compassion and all that good, really, really important stuff. And then when it comes to money stuff, it's like, okay, well, I can be pretty compassionate with myself in most areas of life, but money, no man, no mistakes allowed. It has to be perfect. Or we have, you know, there's a part or an aspect of our, of our inner selves that will say that. Um, and it's just not true. Like we don't get anything perfect. Sometimes these things happen and we catch them when we can catch them. And it's just, we just move forward. But um, yeah, I think it's just so important to just be like, yeah, it just, it just, it happens like things fall apart occasionally and then we put them back together and then they fall apart. Like it's just the cycle of life. It's this, and, and business is just a microcosm of overall life. So, you know, why would it be any different? Yeah, for sure. And I also feel extremely grateful to be able to have made such a colossal mistake and not have had a lot of impact from it because my coaching business did so well last year that it offset, you know, that wouldn't have happened a couple of years ago. And you know, we, we live in a society where we connecting attribute a lot of our self-worth to our work output and to the amount of money that we bring in. Mm. And there can be a lot of shame around that because we live in a capitalist society. So clearly we have to kind of had this connection of like, I'm only as good as my salary, right? And a lot of people think that way. And that's yeah. really painful for people to, to think about it because it's like, but I'm not making as much as I should. I'm not making as much as my partner. Uh, my friend talks about this amount of money and I'm not even close to that. So I must not be as competent. None of that shit matters, you know? And we have to try really hard again to come back to individual experience, right? And like, this is my narrative. This is my money history. This is what I need. This is what I need to work through. And money trauma is real. And there is an energy to money too. Once you can understand like money comes, money goes, right? Like, yeah. book your money or your life was really powerful for me mm. read and just be like yeah okay like money comes money goes and we're gonna make more of it we're gonna spend more of it and like it's just gonna be this thing and maybe that can take some of the fearfulness away from it when we can kind of look at it in those in those ways too yeah no i yeah i loved what you said what you said like it's like money's like a flow like it's an energetic exchange like it just comes it goes it moves around it does these things sometimes really great things happen sometimes less than great things happen. It's just part of the experience. And yeah, I think, yeah, again, just like to, to, to normalize that, that like, you know, likely you will never make a mistake quite like that again. And I can almost guarantee you that something will happen that it's going to be like, ah, oh, how could this have happened? That's all right. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, I just have to give myself permission. Otherwise I couldn't live with it, you know, cause like my biller is telling me, you need to ask those clinicians for that money back over 26 pay periods. And I'm like, fuck that. I'm not willing to do that. Like, it's not their fault. I made the mistake. Yeah, I'm beating myself up for it right now. But ultimately, the only way I can make sense of this is, again, like, y'all did very hard work during a global pandemic. 
just think about it as bonuses for the, the work that I see you doing and that I appreciate. And that is the only thing that is within my value system that I could get behind. So everyone probably has different perspectives on that. And I think that leadership means admitting mistakes and being transparent when you struggle because again, that imposter syndrome creeps in. Why would anyone hire me as a business coach if I just did that? And in reality, it's like, Maybe it's actually the complete opposite where people are more willing to hire you because you're willing to admit when you make mistakes or when you struggle. And I think that has been true for my brand over the last two years. It's like you're going to attract and repel, right? Like people are going to be attracted to you by what you put out there and people are going to, you know, not want to have anything to do with you because of what you put out there. So it's just something to be mindful of. Yeah. Well, I think what, like whomever you're, you know, human beings, we're all human beings, right? Like clients, like whoever, you know, what we all want to work. We want to, we want to work with people that we connect with and like we connect, we don't connect with brand. I mean, we kind of connect with brands, but not really. We connect with other human beings and human beings are not perfect. And we just like, we know that even on a subconscious level. So even like, even though some, you know, an Instagram influencer or whatever, like they can project this aura of perfection and airbrushed, whatever nonsense. Honestly, I think people that just that share that are authentic that are like this thing happened that honesty and that being real that authenticity that's what people connect with and i think that's why you know almost ironically exposing some of your dirty laundry if you want to call it that causes businesses to grow causes more clients to show up um yeah and just like being just being just being aware of it and just being just making it part of your story yeah i think it's yeah, it's just like, it's like all this stuff, like normalizing this stuff, normalizing discomfort, because that, you know, this is from Brene Brown, but like discomfort, we need to normalize it because that's where learning and growth occur. And so if we stay comfortable and we never experience these dis- this uncomfortable realities, if we never try, like we, there's a way to never make a mistake and that's to never try anything new or different. And I don't know about most of you, but like that just doesn't sound like a very exciting experience of work or life in general. And so, yeah, like you say, just like, Give your permission, give yourself permission to fail. Cause like you will quote unquote fail, like a, a part of you, like, you know, a part of you will be like, that is a failure. Um, but you can know, there's another part of you there, of you in there somewhere that can help you reframe it as something more empowering, I think. And, and that applies always that to any situation, especially the money situations. For sure. You know, and I think that we don't grow in places of stillness and, and comfort. We grow when we step into fear and discomfort and push ourselves because, you know, we can play it safe. And for some people that's okay, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to be confined to a box and say, this is the only way to do something or, you know, only these ideas work or can create success. I think you have to be able to be uncomfortable and that's really important. Um, And again, just permission to make these mistakes because they're going to happen. You're a human being, like you have human experience just like everybody else. And I wanna name something, you know, while people are listening, like David and I are both white men, like Mm. we have privilege and that comes into play with money stuff too. And I wanna acknowledge that because my wife's a black woman who grew up in poverty, her money mindset versus my money mindset are quite different and for good reason. So. You know, everyone's stories are a bit different. And I think we need to just really allow ourselves to to feel the discomfort and work through the shame that comes up when we feel like we're not doing as well as somebody else. It's just really important, everyone, to listen to that. So 
I think that's something that's just kind of on my mind while we're talking right now. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah, thank you for making that point because it is really, it is really important. Just like to acknowledge privilege and how that shows up and to be willing to work with everyone where they're at, to work with yourself where you're at. Um, yeah, and just like to bring more awareness and understanding to your own history around money. Um, there's, and there's like, there, we all have different sort of, there's money, something called money scripts or like money types. Um, and there's something called the, what is it called? Like the Klontz money type assessment. We can put a link in the show notes, but it's really interesting. You can take this like 28, I think, question, I think, survey, and then it'll help you understand what your relationship to money is, what your subconscious beliefs around money are, because we all have them typically formed in childhood, family of origin. We carry them with us. We carry these beliefs, which totally served us and absolutely true for when they were developed, when and where they were developed. And then they show up in our adult lives and when unexamined or unconscious can cause some suffering for us. But if we bring awareness to that and just like, oh no, oh, okay, this is why I maybe approach money in this particular way. Like this is why I spend in certain circumstances. This is why my significant other or my partner and I get into fights because we have these different money scripts running behind the scenes. Like it is helpful to your relationship to money. It's helpful to your relationship to your partner. Um, just like doing work, doing money work. Yeah, it's just, it's another opportunity for learning and growth. And that means a little bit of discomfort. Yeah, I think money anxiety is a major source of conflict within relationships. It's for just sure. the ability to have those conversations and both understand that you probably come from a different place when it comes to the narrative. And I think it's really important to just talk about money as human beings in general. You know, I, I think there's so much that because of our own stuff that comes up around. Um, and that's why you probably need to have someone like David in your corner who can help you with that in terms of investing, in terms of safeguarding, in terms of just having some, some concept of where to go from here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you do offer people? Because we definitely want to send people your way, especially around this subject. So what can you do yeah. for therapists? What do you do for therapists? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great question. And I think if, if people, we haven't talked a lot about this specifically, but like, if there's one thing I want people to take away from this episode, it's that there is help out there. Like as we kind of highlighted before, getting vulnerable and seeking help can be a really important, you know, waypoint along the journey. And I think one of the, one of the misunderstandings that people have is that, oh, the only financial professionals out there, the only financial planners out there, like, I can't, like, they're not going to help me until I've got tons of money to invest. And yes, there are a ton of quote unquote financial advisors and financial professionals out there. That is all they do. They just want to help you manage your investments. And there are a lot of good folks out there like me. I consider myself or call myself a comprehensive financial planner. So what does that mean? That means that it's just that kind of, I help people put together financial plans and they're holistic or comprehensive. So it's everything from thinking through how much are you earning? How do you feel about that? Is it meeting your needs? Where are, you know, like, where does it feel uncomfortable? Like, what can we do about that? How are we spending our money? Are we saving? Um, and even, you know, because I work with therapists um, and that's, you know, you, get, you all are my people, like you are who I work with. So I also help folks think a little bit through as well, like business structure, business entities, having insurance in place, fun things like the S-Corp tax election and other smart ways to manage taxes. So it's like, it's the whole deal. And what I always like to say, this is not an original expression, but personal finance and even private practice finances, but it, it's personal. 
Like if there are not a lot of rigid, absolutely you have to do this or you must or you should, there are options. And so what I help people do is tune out all the noise. There's so much noise around money and investing and business ownership. And I help them kind of tune out the noise, focus on like, what are the facts? What is your situation? Okay, for you, here's what makes sense to go investigate more or here's what makes, place, makes sense in terms of what kind of plan to put into place so that you lead a great life. Because that's what this money stuff is about. It's about facilitating a, a, a great way of living, a meaningful life, a fulfilled life, a balanced or integrated life, whatever you want that to look like or however you want it to sound. Um, that's, that's really what, that's what I'm here to do. That's very cool. And I think it's a much needed service. So, you know, even if you're listening to this, it's bringing up some shit for you, which I imagine that it is for some of you. Just think about even if you are judging yourself for not having a certain amount of money in a retirement account, start today, start putting $25, $50 in it every week. Like it doesn't have to be a certain uh, approach to it. It will help you work through some of those feelings if you can just start the process and it doesn't have yeah. to be a large investment doesn't have no. to be $50,000, you know, that you don't have. So just allow yourself to treat yourself like a human being and exude some self-compassion like we teach our clients to do as well and practice what we preach. Um, you know, David, I appreciate you being on here. Just tell the audience where they can find you. So if they do want to kind of pursue your services, they're able to contact you. Yeah, perfect. So the, the best way is to go to my website. It's turningpointhq.com. So HQ, like the abbreviation for headquarters, Turning Point HQ. Um, and there you can get to know me. And also I just recently put together this little white paper, I guess, called like the seven money mindset shifts and reframes that can help reduce financial um, or money money worry. Um, and so sign up and get that. Like, I think it, it can help you just engage with your money and, and learn some things and reframe some things and above all, be kind and compassionate to yourself. Love it. Very, very cool. Very cool subject that we'll probably continue to talk about in one way or another. Um, <laughs> yeah. And if you want to find more of me, we have new podcast episodes at the All Things Private Practice podcast, like download, subscribe, and share. We have coaching. We have retreats at allthingspractice.com. We have free resources on private practice startup guides on the website, upcoming courses, and any other offerings that we have, and my Facebook group, All Things Private Practice. Thanks, David. Thank you. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.